Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, for this peculiar moment in which you've designed in your wise providence for your people to hear a word through this broken vessel of the dust, we give you praise. We thank you, God, for the privilege it is to stand in this place. We thank you, God, for the privilege to rise early this morning, even before the dawn. We pray, God, your blessings upon these, your people. Open our ears, Lord, for we would hear from you. And open our eyes, God, for we would see Jesus. This is our prayer. We ask it in the mighty, the matchless, the majestic, the magnificent name of Jesus. Let the people of God say together, amen, amen. and amen. Won't you help me bless God for the man of God, the shepherd of this house, the Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley. Amen. I know we just celebrated his anniversary, but my Lord, if to do this four times a weekend, I have no idea how it is done, but we give God praise for the blessings of our pastor. Amen to Dr. Judy and to uh, the ministerial staff and to all of you, my brothers and sisters, certainly to our Lieutenant Governor who's in the house on today, and to all of you, my brothers and my sisters, what a joy it is to be in the house of the God one more time, and what a privilege it is to be in this house uh, one more time. I want to thank God for the presence of my cousins uh, on my wife's side of the family. They my cousins too. The, the Hill, the Hill uh, family is with us on today, and we want to give God praise for them. I, I know this is the 7.30 hour. We want to uh, get in and get out. So. Uh, without further ado, won't you join me in uh, the reading of God's Word. The text for this morning uh, is found in the book of Philippians, uh, uh, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, where we find in the fourth chapter and the fourth through the eighth verses these words, uh, or words similar to them. I read from the New King James Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren and sisterin, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are lovely, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Won't you join me in saying thanks be to God. 
As you go to your seats, I just want to tag that text for the few moments that are mine to share with you on this glorious Lord's Day. How to keep from losing your mind. <clears throat> yeah. How, how, how to keep from losing your mind. If you haven't noticed by my hairstyle and, and color of my uh, beard, I, I, I came of late, I came of age in the late 70s. Yeah, yeah, I was, that's right, that's right. I'm a proud member of the baby boomer generation and, and, and uh, born in 1959, you can do the math. One, 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 one of my favorite songs during that time, you know, I'm not a hip-hop guy. I, you know, I, I respect hip-hop, I appreciate it, uh, but at my age, my Lord, the only thing I know about hip-hop is that when my hip hurts, I hop. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> my Lord. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, but, but one of my favorite songs when I was growing up was one by a group of the socio-political philosophers called The Temptations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Words like uh, this were people moving out and people moving in. Why a uh, big cause of the color of their skin. Run, 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 but you shook. Oh, yeah, I got some, yeah. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Vote for me and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother. A rap on, yeah, all right, we're gonna get it on. The only person talking about love, thy brother, is the preacher. And it seems nobody's interested in learning, but the, yeah, yeah. Segregation, termination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our nation. Ball of confusion. That's what the world was in 1971. And that's what the world is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a reminder of the fact that the more things change, the, yeah, yeah, the more they remain the same. We are living in a stressful and stress-filled world. Over the last half a century or so, there's a, an explosion of new vocabulary to name the consequences of stress and worry and anxiety. There, there's road rage and going postal and going matrix and anger management. These were phrases that you didn't hear 40 or 50 years ago. There, there, there's financial stress. As soon as you get your financial act together, it looks like something else goes wrong. As my mama used to say, if it ain't one thing, it's... Yeah, yeah, your mama said the same thing. As soon as you pay your rent or your mortgage, look like the car breaks down and... When you get through paying to get the car fixed, there ain't no money left to pay for your insurance and your cell phone bills, your credit card bills, gas bills, electric bills. Somebody say bills, bills, bills. It's enough to make anybody lose their mind. 
I mean, there's vocational stress for those of you who are still able to work, those of you who are retired, just look the other way. <laughs> did you get that memo? Did you write that report? Did you send that fax? Did you get that email? Did you tote that barge? Did you lift that bail? It's enough to make you lose your mind. Even there's family stress today. Parents are worried about their children. Children are worried about their schoolwork. And teenagers and children now are worried that when they go to what was once one of the safest places on earth, they are now worried about whether or not they will be shot. My God. College students are worried about their classes and papers and labs and exams and financial aid and grad school. Grandparents are worried about their health care, their Medicare, doctor's appointments, prescription costs. My Lord, it's enough to make you lose your natural mind. But you know, the recent surveys of physicians have indicated that people could rid themselves of some 75% of their medical problems simply by reducing their worry, anxiety, and fear. Many of our medical problems, particularly as black folk, are directly tied to stress. Blood pressure, thyroid condition, heart disease, diabetes, and even mental illness tied in some ways to our stress. And what's not to worry about? We have the racial profiling and, and the, the, the racist uh, policing that has been happening around this country, the militarization of law enforcement and Trayvon Martin and Rashida McBride and Michael Brown, Emmanuel Nine and Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terrence Crutcher, the list goes on, unfortunately now. Gun control is still way out of control, from Columbine to Sandy Hook to the Navy Yard to the Emanuel AME Church to the Tree of Life Synagogue. Assault weapons designed for war are now being created war zones in schoolyards and movie theaters and shopping malls and military uh, installations, even in the church. It's enough to make you lose your mind. And church, it, it, it may seem that there's nothing anybody can do about it. it. It seems that every social ill is worse than it ever was. And nobody, not the government, not the nonprofits, not even the church can do anything about it. Well, don't look now, but here comes Paul. And Paul, in the midst of this madness, tells us to rejoice in the Lord. I mean, really, Paul? You, you don't know what's going on right, right, right about now. Paul tells us to be anxious for nothing. Uh, 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 and, and another translation just simply says, don't worry about anything. Yeah, Paul seems to be saying what Bobby McFerrin said some 30 years ago, don't worry, just be happy. He seems to be saying what Timon told Simba and Lion King, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, it's our problem-free philosophy. So the question I think becomes, how could Paul in 
tell the church at Philippi, and by extension tell us at Alfred Street this morning, uh, uh, not to worry. How, how could Paul tell us to rejoice in the Lord? I mean, if you know anything about this little letter, one of my favorite epistles in all of the gospel, in, in all of the gospel writings, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And if you know anything about it, you know that he wrote these words while he was sitting in a Roman prison, waiting to go on trial before the emperor Nero. And yet, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And then, pastor, he got nerve to repeat himself. And again, I say, rejoice. Could it be that Paul was on the verge of losing his mind? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I believe Paul was on to something, and I believe the first lesson this text is tailored to teach us is that in, in order to keep from losing your mind, every now and then you got to recognize your position. Recognize your position. What do you mean, preacher? Well, we look at Paul's position in prison and perhaps say to ourselves, what a shame, Paul's in jail again. But Paul looked at his own position in the same prison through a different lens. Uh, yeah, yeah, Paul looked at himself in my sanctified imagination and Paul said to himself, yes, I know I'm in jail, been there, done that, kept the orange jumpsuit. But, but although I'm in jail, I'm also in the Lord. And as long as I'm positioned in the Lord, then my physical position in jail or anywhere else does not matter. Oh, some of y'all missed your shout right there. You see, the truth of the matter is, Paul recognized that even though he was in jail, the jail did not define who he was in the Lord. Oh, that's a liberating word for somebody today. You might be in trouble right now, but you need to understand that trouble does not define who you are in the Lord. You might be in poverty this very minute, but you need to know that poverty ought not define who you are in the Lord. You might be in distress this very hour, but you need to understand that being in distress ought not define who you are in the Lord. You might be broke, busted, and disgusted, but you need to understand that being broke does not define who you are in the Lord. Circumstances don't define who you are. You know why? Because your circumstances did not create you. Oh, yes. No, no, the psalmist declared, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not a mistake. You are not here by happenstance. You serve a greater purpose. Peter put it another way. He said, you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy, oh, you're the head and not the tail. You are a lender and not a borrower. You are above and not beneath. Oh, yes, yes. You see, Paul recognized his new position in the Lord. Once he was a slave to sin, but now he's a servant of Christ. Once he was in bondage to his own baggage, but now he's found joy in Jesus. Once he was shackled by selfishness and shame, now he was liberated by the love of God. And if that didn't get you, once was lost, he was. And now he's found. Twas blind, but now he sees. Oh, I see some of y'all still not feeling me. Let me see if I can't 
up, you see what I mean. You know, a story is told of uh, the late William Randolph Hearst. And if you're younger than I am and never heard that name, just know that he's the Bill Gates of his day or the Jeff Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos. Or he was rich. Just turned around and he was rich. <laughs> One day he coveted a beautiful piece of art and he wanted to add it to his expansive art collection. And, but he couldn't find that piece of art anywhere. And so one day he sent his agent abroad to find this priceless, precious piece of art. And some months later, the agent returned from his trip abroad and he was happy to report to Mr. Hearst that he had finally found that precious, priceless piece of art. He told Mr. Hearst these words. He said, Mr. Hearst, I found it and it was stored in one of your warehouses. Mr. Hearst had sent his agent all over the world to find a treasure he already possessed. Yeah, yeah, you see, somebody's gonna get this in a minute. If he had just checked the manifest of his own inventory, he would have saved himself both time and money, not to mention the frustration of looking for something that was never lost in the first place. What I'm trying to tell you, Alfred Street, is the Lord, the joy of the Lord is that same kind of treasure. Oh yes, if you know the Lord, if you're in right relationship with God, then, then, then you already possess his joy. That's why the psalmist declared, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah, yeah I like the way grandmama, she, she remixed that thing. She said, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm trying to help somebody keep from losing your mind today. Yeah, yeah, you got in order to keep from losing your mind, you got to recognize your position. Turn to somebody and tell them you better recognize. But but not only that, the text reveals that to keep from losing your mind, you have to also resolve to pray. Resolve to pray. If it's in the text. It says look at verse 6. It says be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. Now, you know, Yolanda Adams has a morning show and has a closing motto, pray about everything and worry about nothing. How many of you know that prayer changes things? Is there anybody here? I ain't talking about what you heard. I ain't, I ain't talking about what, you, what your mom and daddy used to say. I, I'm talking about what you know that you know for yourself that prayer changes thing. I, well, I know, I, I know that, that, that uh, uh, Alfred Street is a praying church. You got a praying pastor. You got a, a prayer is important all. You know that uh, uh, everything, it, it, it is a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I know you get that. But this word supplication is another interesting word. It, we don't talk about that quite as much as we talk about prayer. Uh, another pastor helped me with this, and he said that we pray by supplication because, watch this, God is the supplier. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, we, 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 some of us have false suppliers. Yeah, yeah, uh-uh. What, 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 what we need to recognize is that is that what Paul declared in this same chapter, in chapter 4, down in verse 19, is that my God will supply yeah, yeah. all your needs according to his riches in 
Glory, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. There's a whole lot of truth. I know that's a, a little uh, a cliche, but there's a lot of truth in every cliche. So Paul says, don't worry about anything. But what I found really insightful, Doc, is what I found insightful is that word anxious. Be anxious for nothing. Another translation says, don't worry about anything. And I wondered what the original Greek word uh, was, Dr. Judy, the, the word uh, for worry that Paul used. You do know that Paul didn't write in English. He wrote in Greek, and the word Paul used in this text comes from uh, the Greek, and it comes from a Greek word, merizo, uh, or, or meritz, uh, uh, well, let me see, what is it? It's, <laughs> it's merimnao. And that, that may not mean anything to you, but it comes, that word comes from two other Greek words, merizo meaning to divide, and nous meaning mind. So what Paul, I believe, is saying to us here is that when we are overly anxious, when we are overly fearful, when we worry ourselves half to death, then we literally have a divided mind. And, and, and a divided mind in pop psychology is split personality. So, so what Paul is saying to us today is that when we worry, we are literally half crazy. That half our mind is gone. It means that we are split between the worries of the world and the peace of God. We are split between the earthly problems down here and the heavenly solutions up there. It means that we are split between our mundane mess and God's divine deliverance. Now, now, now Alfred Street, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Now, I, I recognize the fact that mental illness, especially untreated mental illness, is real. And it is no joking matter. I'm so glad I go to Alfred Street, a church that is taking the lead in taking the stigma off of mental illness and off of therapy. And I, I'm grateful to God to be here. And it ought to be treated as the disease that it is. But at the end of the day, many of us in the church who claim to be in our right minds still worry ourselves half to death over nothing. Paul is not saying that worry is unchristian, no, no, but I believe he is saying that to be overly anxious, to be overly worried, uh, produces a self-centered lack of fear in the God who is the center of your, uh, we say Jesus is the center of my joy, in the God who is the author and finisher of my faith. Oh yeah, Paul is not saying we shouldn't have some constructive concern, but he's just cautioning us here against destructive worry. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, don't have time to go through the difference between those two, but the text says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Watch this, with thanksgiving. Yeah, make your requests known to God. Now, I hate to bust your bubble this morning, but the word thanksgiving is not just for the fourth Thursday in November. No, no, it, it is not just a time for turkey and football and a, a time for having a house full of turkeys over to your house. Yeah. No, no, true, 
True thanksgiving is thanks living. True thanksgiving is giving. It is outreach. It is literally giving of ourselves because God has a, an interesting kind of math. He, he says, the more you give, the more he'll have to give, the more you'll have to give. Uh, I know this may come as a shock to some of you, but I've learned to pray even for Donald Trump. And I pray with supplication and with thanksgiving. I give thanks for Donald J. Trump because no other person alive has been able to galvanize and mobilize and unify black and brown communities around one thing than this Donald Trump. And I, I pray for him with supplication because I know that if we vote like we ought to vote, then God will supply. Oh yes, our need for another president in the year 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the God I serve has this wonderful kind of math. You know, that, that math that says the more you give, the more you have to give because God's going to keep on blessing you, those who give, so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Let me tell you how this works. Luke tells us how it works. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall they give back. To you, have I got any thanksgivers in the house? Oh, yes. Doris Akers was right. You can't beat God giving no matter how you try. The more you give, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really true. You can't beat God giving. Now, recognize your position. Resolve to pray in supplication with thanksgiving. But here's the thing, and I'll let you go. Remain in praise. Now, where is this coming from, Pastor? I'm not making it up. It's in verse 8. Look at it. Finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any, watch this, praise, think on these things. Now, now there is a truth principle embedded in this, this verse that I, that I don't want you to miss. So turn to somebody and tell them, don't miss this. Look, 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 whatever goes into your mind over and over again, here's the truth principle, will eventually come out in either your words, your attitudes, or your actions. Yeah, in other words, some of us are going to lose our minds not because of what happens to us or around us. Some of us are going to lose our minds because of what we put in us. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't have anything against drinking liquor. I told you I'm the baby boomer. I've drunk more liquor than most of y'all have been here. But, 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 but a person who drinks liquor and does drugs all day, every day, can't expect to be anything more than a drunk or a dope addict. It's really not that complicated. If all you watch on television or internet is nasty music videos and rated X movies, then you'll probably end up being one of two things, either a pimp or a hoe. 
it, it is not that complicated. So, and, and, and those of you who are worried about that word, it's in the Bible. It's in, we, we, we just say it another way now. Yeah. It, you see, if young people only fill their minds with selfishness and materialism and bling-bling and consumerism, they'll end up only being shallow gold diggers. You know, the 100 black men have a saying, I love it, says, what they see is what they will be. I don't care how many degrees you got on your wall. I don't care how many walls you got in your home. I don't care how many homes you got in your portfolio. If your mind stays in the gutter, then that's really where you live. Yeah. You see, it's garbage in and garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting uh, computer uh, principle that Paul understood even in this computer in this pre-computer age. And Paul was saying, but also the converse is also true. The principle is that we must reprogram our minds. With what? Right thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, so the text says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are of good report, Whatsoever things are lovely and admirable, whatsoever things are worthy of praise, that's what you think on. Because at the end of the day, when you think of all that is true, even in the face of all that is false, you can't help but give God praise. Oh yes, when you think of all that is noble, in the midst of all that is ignoble, you can't help but give God the praise. When you think of all that's right, even in the face of all that is wrong, you can't help but give God praise. When you think of all that is pure, even in the midst of all that is impure, you can't help but give God a praise wave. When you think of all that's lovely, even in the midst of all that's ugly, you can't help but give God praise. When you think of all that's admirable, even in the midst of all that is despicable, you can't help but give God praise. And when you give God praise, you can't help but to keep from losing your mind. Because here's another cliche, when the praises go up, yeah, yeah, the blessings will come down. And, and when the blessings come down, if you got any sense, you'll, 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 you'll send a praise right back up. Yeah, yeah, don't you know the prophet was right? He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And my God, church, when your mind is stayed on Jesus, you can't help but to give God praise. When your mind is stayed on Jesus, you can't help but to praise him at the 7.30 and come back and praise him at the 9.30 and praise him at the 11.30 service. When your mind is stayed on Jesus, you can't help but to praise him in the midnight hour. You can't help him but to praise him like the psalmist. You can't help but to praise him in the sanctuary and to praise him for his mighty acts and to praise him for his excellent greatness and praise him with the sound of the trumpet and praise him with the harp and the lute and praise him with the tambourine and dance. And then the Bible says, the Bible says, 
The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Has anybody got any breath up in here? My God, if you got breath in your body, then you ought to give God a praise. If you got breath, give God a breathy praise. Oh yes, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. If you got breath, even if it's bad breath, give God a Holy Ghost praise. I'm out of time, I'm out of time, but I I just, if you're standing, please remain standing. But but I don't want you to go without seeing this insight. It it blew my mind. It's so powerful. This last verse is so powerful because it it really implies that if you don't want to lose your mind, then er and then, you ought to praise God as if you've lost your mind. Why? Because when I just think about the goodness of the Lord and and all he's done for me, how many of you know my soul cries out? Hallelujah! 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 He is worthy to be praised.